We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attraction on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Raven Devaney and today we will be talking about Pan, Goosebumps, The Martian, My Little Pony Equestria Girls, The Iron Giant, and Sanjay's Super Team. So to start off our super packed agenda, I have with me Nathaniel, Brandon, and Samantha and we are going to be talking all about the new fantastic twist on the classic story of Peter Pan, Pan, uh, which is in theaters on October 9th. So guys, thank you for being on the show with us. Let's start off with Nathaniel. What did you think of this um, film? Well, it was just great, and I'm pretty sure that this story happens before the real Peter Pan, Mm -hmm. so that was like a good thing to answer the questions, and it was just a really cool action-packed adventure. That's awesome. And Brandon, what did you think of this sort of prequel to the classic Disney tale that most of us have grown up with? I loved it. Uh, I thought it added, um, it had an interesting twist to pretty much all the characters. Uh, I'm a huge Captain, well, I was a huge Captain Hook fan, I should preface that. And when I saw that Hook came up, I was like, okay, well, this is an interesting twist. And everyone pretty much had an interesting twist on the character, uh, especially uh, Blackbeard. To see Hugh Jackman as Blackbeard, it's it was a weird thing, especially that a year ago he was Wolverine. Like, that's an interesting transformation. So... I like that it was an interesting twist on each of the characters. Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman is so impressive with how versatile he is with his character range. I mean, I used to always just envision him as like the Wolverine. But then after I saw him in Les Mis as Jean Valjean, I was like, okay, well, this guy is very talented. (laughs) So, Samantha, this film is amazing visually. What did you think of the visuals and the fantastical, you know, element that the cinematography had? I was hoping you would ask me this question because I really wanted to talk about it. I thought that the cinematography of this movie was amazing. Like, when they entered Neverland, they had these... I remember they had these, like, huge water bubble thingies, and those were just amazing. When they were doing scenes when they were in space and whatnot, it was, like, amazing. And when they were flying, it was just... It looked like it was actually happening. Like, nothing about it looked fake. It was just perfect. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that the visuals worked out because I unfortunately have not yet seen this film, but it looks absolutely incredible. I I cannot wait. It looks beautiful, and I'm very excited to see sort of what director Joe Wright does with the prequel of this classic story. So, Nathaniel, what did you think of the characters in this film? I loved all of them. They did great acting, and I don't really know how to explain. There were a Do you lot have a of favorite them. character? My favorite, either say uh, Peter or um, Hook. Mm-hmm. It's just that they had such great acting, and their characters uh, had very important parts. 
Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, what did you think of, I know you mentioned earlier that there's a spin on all of the characters, which I think was very evident in watching the trailers when you see, you know, someone who does not resemble what most people picture as Captain Hook, and you see that that is the young Hook and then the young Peter Pan. So, do you think that this film sort of helped answer questions that people may have had from the original Peter Pan? Almost definitely. It didn't really delve into too much of the characters because you can't really do that with limited time. It really focused most importantly on on Peter, mm-hmm. but it didn't really delve into, let's say, Hook or Smeagol. They did tease certain things here and there. I remember a particular scene when Hook was um, passing his uh, hand through the water, and mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Tiger Lily who said, oh, there are crocodiles in these waters, and he quickly took his hand out. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like, you know, fun, funny things here and there that... They didn't really go too much into it, but they went into the characters enough to, you know, to relate to it. That's good. I'm I'm glad to hear it because I definitely feel like, you know, watching Peter Pan, especially the Disney classic, it didn't really leave me with that many unanswered questions. So I think it's cool that this film was able to add a little bit of insight, but it wasn't answering questions while simultaneously creating new ones. So Samantha, what did you think of the directing style of this film and the flow of the movie? Well, I thought it was good. I thought the script was great. I mean, for the prequel of the movie, it did answer questions as you were just talking about. It did answer some of my original questions about like the original film. And I thought the like the way they played it all out, like I'm not going to give away anything, but how like Peter was going from place to place and discovering new people. I thought it was just it answered a lot of questions and it just flowed really smoothly. Awesome. And Brandon, how many stars would you give this film on a scale of one to five? Five out of five, uh, 10 out of 10. I don't know whatever fractions I could give it. A (laughs) hundred out of a hundred. I don't care. It was a great, like like, uh, Samantha said, great script, uh, great flow, great visuals. It it had a great flow to it, which is what I love to see out of a movie. So that's why I give it five out of five stars or Five out of five hooks, as I said in my review. (laughs) I like that. Well, guys, this film is in theaters on October 9th. It is PG, so definitely make sure you check it out. I myself know what I'm doing this weekend. I will be watching that. Samantha and Brandon, thank you so much for talking with us about Pan and Nathaniel as well. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids, and right now we are going to shift gears and start talking a little bit about Goosebumps with Nathaniel. So, Nathaniel, you recently saw the film Goosebumps, which is sort of like a Another spin on the classic Goosebump tales that we know. So, can you tell us a little bit about the film? It starts where this uh, kid, he's going from uh, New York to Madison, Delaware, mm-hmm. and he has pretty odd neighbors, as I said in my review. And then it just goes into a story about all the characters coming to life, mm-hmm. and they have to get them back in, and it is a pretty good demonstration of all of the characters and, like, what trouble they could all get into if they all work together. Mm-hmm. And I have to say I'm a great fan of the Goosebumps books. Even though it didn't bring all of the characters, it brought, like, a lot of important ones. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that they did a great job doing that. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, I was definitely very excited to see the trailers from this film because, you know, it's not like it's just a Goosebumps story that's, you know, being told. It's literally all of the books or most of the books are like coming to life. And I think that is super cool. So would you say you enjoyed this film? Yes, I give it five out of five stars. It was amazing as best as it could be. I'm super glad to hear it. And not only did you get to see the film, but you got to sit down and talk with some of the stars in the film, including the amazing Jack Black. So can you talk to me a little bit about your experience with that and, you know, some of maybe your favorite moments from the interview process? It was just amazing. And I got to know some of the things about it that I didn't previously know before. Mm -hmm. And it was great, like, knowing the actors and how they really feel about the Goosebumps. Bumps. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing and awesome. Well, it was one of your favorite uh, questions and responses from one of the stars. You know, if you asked Jack Black a question um, that you really yeah. liked. I asked uh, what their favorite, like, uh, monster was. And Jack, he said the dummy. And he also told me uh, some information that actually he played the dummy's voice. And oh, really? he also, And it was basically his counterpart. <laughs> That's awesome. So was it really exciting getting to meet uh, some actors? that you just had seen on screen yeah it's like one day i see them on a screen i think it's awesome a couple days later i see them in real life and it's (laughs) mind-blowing I know, it's definitely super exciting. So this film does have um, a little bit of suspense and and thrill to it. Do you think that it was too scary for certain ages? What age group would you recommend it for? I don't think that it would be good for like probably like seven or below it. Or maybe if they're a bit more able to handle scary things. Mm -hmm. It's not actually that scary, but it does have a lot of jump scares. But I'd say it's about equal to how scary it is with how many jokes there are. (laughs) Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. It definitely balances out with with comedy and humor and whatnot. So if you had to pick um, one of your favorite monsters or creatures that come out of the books, who would it be or what would it be and why? Maybe, well, to come out of the books in real life, I probably would want the less, uh, the least scariest because they can do a lot of damage. But the coolest, I'd probably say uh, Slappy, mm-hmm. the dummy, because mm-hmm. it's like he was the mastermind of them all and he was just like. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely sounds like some very interesting characters and probably very, very exciting for the fans to be able to see all of their favorite characters coming to life. Well, Goosebumps is in theaters on October 16th. It is PG, so definitely, definitely make sure you check it out. Nathaniel, thank you so much for talking with me all about Goosebumps. I'm super excited that you got to see it and you enjoyed it. And you also got to talk with some wonderful stars, so thank you again. Yeah, it was really fun, and you shouldn't be thanking me because I liked it more than uh, it was hard for me. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is brought to you by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, I'm Willie Jones, and today we're going to be talking about The Iron Giant with Nathaniel and The Martian with Michelle. Hi, Nathaniel. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, um, you, you've seen the classic, The Iron Giant, and I was born the same year The Iron Giant came out, so it's, it's a classic to me. Before yeah. you saw it this year, had you seen it before? Yeah, I really loved it. It's one of my favorite movies, actually, and it made me cry at the end. It was such a touching uh, movie. And when I heard that I could go see it, I said yes immediately. It's such a great, I think it's one of the all-time great animated films and i'm really glad they re-released it for this generation it was so important at the time it came out they actually showed it in my elementary school to us that's where mm. i first saw it so tell us a little bit about the story of the iron giant for people who haven't seen it before it starts with this kid and his mom and the kid finds this metal giant and he saves it from these just like wires and um he has to hide it because the police are trying to like take it away and he has to keep it safe because he knows that it's good and that's a good that's a good um that's a good explanation of it now with that said what do you think that the message of this movie is it has a it has a really great message i think yeah well i think that some people would say that you shouldn't judge something by how mean or uh, big it is well not mean but how big it is or how scary it is but you should get to know them and actually see how they are. I completely agree because the, the the government in this film, they see the giant and they immediately they immediately judge him because he's he's different and he's big and he's scary and they don't see the side of him that our main character Hogarth sees and and I think that that message really really translates well. Now some people who've seen the film don't know about the voice actors behind this. There are some really great voice actors, including Vin Diesel as the Iron Giant. Harry Connick Jr., who plays Dean, Jennifer Aniston, Annie, and um, the great Cloris Leachman as Miss Tenzich. How do, how do you feel the, the, the voice cast did with this movie? The cast was great. They basically came, uh, made it come to life, and they gave the characters voices, and I could really see them, and it basically explained the characters to me. I, I completely agree. I think the voice acting in this movie is one of the some of the best voice acting in any animated film. And yeah. since I'm comparing this film to other animated films a lot, the question has to come, how does it hold up today, do you think? Because today, 
today is pretty much the age of Pixar. You know what I mean? With with Wally and Up and, and Toy Story 3. How do you yeah. think 15 years later, The Iron Giant holds up amongst today's generation of animated films? I, I still think that it's pretty strong, even though most people don't remember it. If they watched it, it'd be back up in the top lists. And even though Pixar is taking uh, over most of the animated films, including uh, the new Inside Out and also more, but I still think that it's a great movie and you should people should definitely watch it. And I still think it's great. And I so so do I. I actually have the movie on uh, VHS. As a matter of fact, I know I sound much 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 older than I really am, but no, I I I'm going to revisit it. Um, again, I still remember it, but I want to see it again, especially with the new re-release. I think it'd be a great experience, especially seeing it through new eyes, you know, yeah. about 10 years later. And so yeah. with all that said, like any animated film, it's, children are going to flock to see it. What age range do you think fits this movie? I think that it will be good for, I'd say about six and up, probably just because the fact that there are guns in it. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's great, and... I have to say, the first time that I saw it, it was on an iPad, and I could hardly see it, but once it got into theater, I could see it, it was clear, and I'm I, uh, really uh, glad the, that they're doing yeah, the, that. I mean, the animation is beautiful, and I'm glad that we can see it with, the day, with today's technology. Yeah. Thank you for talking with, with us, Nathaniel. I'm your host, Willie Jones, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We're talking about Pan, Goosebumps, The Iron Giant, The Martian, My Little Pony, He Named Me Malala, and Sanjay Super Team. Right now, we're talking to Michelle about The Martian. How are you, Michelle? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, I, I've seen The Martian, so my first question to you is, did you like it? Yes, I loved it. I think it was perfect. Great. We can both fangirl over it. <laughs> All right, so, so for the people who are listening who haven't seen the movie yet, just give us the gist of what it's about. Alrighty, so basically, some astronauts are sent off to Mars to collect some evidence and bring it back to Earth. But um, they encounter like a huge, fierce storm, and they leave behind Mark Watney that was, was struck by Debris, and they thought he was dead. So unfortunately, they couldn't really save him without risking their own lives. After that, they have to find out or Mark Watney has to find a way to survive on this planet Mars. And meanwhile, back on Earth, they're trying to find a way to get him back home. And yeah, that's pretty much it. A, a perfect synopsis. The, the thing I love most about The Martian is is probably the way they, they, they show humanity in a fantastic light. You know what I mean? They, they show human kindness in such a, in such a fantastic way. Do, do, would you agree that, that that's the theme or did you find any other themes in, in the movie? Definitely that. I feel like they did such a great job with expressing everything that has to do with astronomy and our technology and and, um, just the ties, especially between China and everything. And they just did a really great job expressing all of that stuff when it comes down to NASA. Uh, Exactly. And it works as a great as a great character piece, too, because we, we really get to know Mark. And we really get to care for Mark. And I think the movie does a great job of making sure that we think of Mark as not some some fallen hero or some stereotypical lost guy, but as a real human with an instinct to survive. And I right. think that's that's very important. Now, um, my next question to you is, are you a fan of Matt Damon in general? Have you seen any other of his movies? Oh, yeah. I think he's he's an awesome actor. And like to be honest, when I first saw that he was uh, the main guy for this movie, I was kind of like, uh, like I don't know how I feel about it because it's <laughs> not 
it, he hasn't done many roles like that, or not that I know of, and it's something that I'm not used to. I I would I I I love Matt Damon, and I've seen a lot of his work from Good Will Hunting all the way to Behind the Candelabra, and I would rank this really among his best, aside yeah, from definitely. the fact that it's yeah, because he aside from the fact his character is the main character, and he has a beautiful supporting cast with Jeff Daniels and Jessica Chastain and Michael Pena, but he really adds so much depth to Mark without making him too mean or too narcissistic or too sentimental i think it's oh, for a- sure it's almost as if like he was meant to be mark watney like now whenever i see the movie i can't really imagine anyone else playing mark watney i completely i, I agree he embodied the character essentially um, yeah. my, my next question is this movie was directed by ridley scott and ridley scott has been in my opinion on a bit of a skid lately you know with, with uh, prometheus and the counselor and whatnot but oh, I yeah. really feel like he had so much fun with this. And one of the biggest things I loved about this movie, aside from everything else, was the soundtrack. The soundtrack was absolutely amazing with these 70s disco hits. He had I Will oh, Survive. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he had some Dave. Did you enjoy the music? Yes. I, I, if you didn't know this about me, I am obsessed with old school music. So I definitely um, was on the same page with that astronaut with all of her 60s, 70s music. <laughs> I mean, my mom was sitting next to me dancing and I was slightly embarrassed but you know I, <laughs> I, I, I was enjoying it myself and yeah and I think in order for you know other people our age to really get a grasp of this film they have to they have to at least appreciate the music because that's what really sets the tone for the film definitely and it made it more light-hearted too yes exactly it wasn't this heavy drawn-out drama right one of my only criticisms with the movie though is that it felt a little a little long in some places. Like, the pacing wasn't all there. Right. You- yeah. Towards the end, I felt like it dragged on a little bit. There was this moment where I was like, oh, my God, like, save him already, please. Like, how many more souls does he have to wait? Because it got to a point where I was just like, they were so close. Just get this movie done already. But it was at that moment when they actually got to do it. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as drastic as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I, I could definitely see what they were trying to do. They are trying to make the, the first and second acts a little slower so that when finally he's about to be saved our anticipation comes out but they just took a little too long with it yeah you know they just held the thread um a little too long but what when he is saved it's a it's a triumphant moment and the whole audience can finally breathe and smile yeah so with with that said with all our our praise for this movie how many stars would you give it i would give it five out of five stars me too i i gave it i gave it five out of five stars i absolutely loved it and um, I have another question. Have you seen Gravity and Interstellar? Yes. Oh, my God. I was actually so terrified that this movie was going to be another Interstellar because <laughs> I I am so obsessed with Interstellar. I am so passionate about that movie. I think really? it's the most beautiful movie ever, both the score and just the graphics. And I was afraid that they totally like knocked off Interstellar. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be like that. Well, spoiler alert, Matt, Matt Damon's in Interstellar, too. I'm sorry for right? saying but, <laughs> but for those Jessica, who have, Jessica Chastain, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Chastain's in Interstellar as well. Yeah. When I saw them, I was like, whoa. So for those who are into, you know, space movies such as this, how would you rank The Martian, Interstellar, and Gravity? Because those are kind of the big three space films of the past few years. Oh, for sure. I think Gravity, the only thing that stood out to me the most was the score because it was just really the whole movie was just her floating in space. And it kind of mm-hmm. dragged on a bit. Out of all these three, Interstellar was definitely like one of my favorites. Okay. But for sure, The Martian is 
up there right next to it yeah i would i would definitely say that the martian is you know slightly above gravity and just about if not on par with interstellar right i completely i love space movies so much Especially Same. because they look, they look, yeah, they look so beautiful. You know the way they make the sun look and the planets and and the space itself. It's a very serene feeling. Yeah, definitely. Finally, last but not least, what what's the age range for this movie? I would range this to ages ten and up. Ten and up. Yes, would you sir. recommend this to any of your uh, any of your friends who are into like space or or science? Is is there a a place? Oh, definitely. I already uh, recommended it to a bunch of my friends. I, I raved about it afterwards. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I actually really encouraged my, my biology teacher, who loves space, uh, to check this movie out. That's awesome. Well, there you go, folks. Check out this movie. Thank you for talking to us, Michelle. No problem. Thank you for having me. Let's take a break. I'm Willie Jones, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now, we are going to be discussing My Little Pony, Equestria Girls Friendship Games. And we have with us Mia. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm super well. It's awesome to have you on the show. So tell us what you thought about this film. I'm a My Little Pony fan, and I thought this movie was great and also a little bit like the first one and a heads up if you haven't seen some of the other episodes or the other movies this won't make sense at all so this is definitely something that you have to see in chronological order yeah that's really good to know so i have a question is this like an actual movie or is it like another series from the my little pony series so it's so there's series and there's movies and this is the third movie. Okay, awesome. So it's kind of complicated, but yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> so what did you think of the animation in this film? Because I know that My Little Pony has a very, very specific animation style that it follows. Uh, so what do you think about this specific film and the animation? And have you noticed any advances or changes in the uh, animation over the course of the movie and the series? 
Yeah, so the animation was amazing in this movie. It's like human versions of the ponies, so they made the connection very well. I could tell who each one was without, like, who is this person? That's awesome. And what did you think of the voiceovers and voice actors in this film? They were really good, and they um, sounded exactly like their characters. But something I realized when I looked it up is that each actor plays more than one role. Like, Ashley Bell play- Ball plays Rainbow Dash and Applejack, which was pretty cool to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I've definitely noticed in a lot of, of animations, um, especially TV series like Adventure Time, for example, where they'll have they'll have one actor, voice actor, playing like six or seven different characters. So I think that's kind of cool that they incorporated that into this movie. So do you have a favorite character in this film? One of my favorite characters is probably Rainbow Dash, voiced again by Ashley Ball, because she's just... She's kind of like competitive and sometimes a little selfish, but she's kind of like upbeat, active, and it's really fun. That's awesome. Uh, so I know in most of the My Little Pony stories, I personally have not yet seen this one, but I know in most of them there's sort of like a conflict and then resolution. So what is that conflict and resolution in this particular film? So the conflict is that, again, kind of complicated. They have their world's image of Twilight, and she's in a total different school, and they're competing in the friendship games, so they have that kind of conflict and like who will win. Mm-hmm. And what was the resolve with that, or what were some morals or lessons that could be learned from this? One of the morals I thought is that you don't really always have to be about winning. It's also about caring about each other and working together. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think that's definitely something that's very important, especially when people around this particular age, you know, like tweens and teens are playing like a lot of sports and there's a lot of competition. I know I personally sort of lost sight of friendship and let competition get in the way a lot of times. So I think that's kind of cool that they incorporate this. So what age range uh, do you think that this film is intended for or would you recommend it for? Because I know My Little Pony has kind of like a huge following that spans a lot of age groups. Yeah, I'd probably say around maybe like... 4 to 12 or depends on how many older people like My Little Pony. Like if you like it, then go ahead, watch it. You'll really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then younger kids, you kind of have to get it because it could be really confusing and it wouldn't make sense. But also kind of like the first one, there's like some, I wouldn't say like monsters, but like some demon that isn't really scary, but could be scary to some younger yeah, kids. for sure. I definitely can understand that because I know, you know, a lot of times certain, I think it definitely is up to the discretion of the parent when it comes to things that can span a lot of age ranges because I know a lot of times a certain five-year-old might be able to handle something that a different one couldn't. So I think it's up to them. So what did you think of the soundtrack in this film? So there was a lot of music and like songs kind of like just in the episodes or other movies, there's some songs every once in a while Mm -hmm. and there were a couple songs and they they just fit. It wasn't like didn't make sense or anything like that. And they'd sing about like the competition. And overall, I think everything just made sense. And it was like good sound quality. And that's awesome. So I know you mentioned when we were talking a little bit about the animation design that these are more humanized versions of the horses. Is that a new occurrence, particular to this film? Or has this been happening throughout the other series and uh, movies? In the episodes, they're all ponies. And then starting with the first movie, that's the transition to the humans. And 
then the second is humans, and the third is humans. Mm-hmm. So, and which style do you prefer? I like both of them. There's some parts that I like more pony, and there's some parts that I like more human. Like, in the ponies, there's not as much, like, just one big topic that they focus on. It's more, like, little chopped up and, like, even more messages. And then the big one is just also sometimes I like the big conflict and, like, solve it throughout the whole movie. Well, it definitely sounds like a really awesome film, and it's kind of cool that it really follows, like, the chronological orders because it sounds like you definitely have to watch the other movies and, you know, TV series to understand this. So, guys, if you are fans of My Little Pony, make sure you check out My Little Pony Equestria Girls friendship games so uh, Mia thank you so much for talking with us about this film yeah thanks for having me (laughs) you're listening to Kit's First Coming Attractions and right now we are going to shift gears and talk about Goosebumps again and we have with us Morgan how are you doing today girl I'm amazing how are you super good so not only did you get to see this movie but you also attended the premiere what did you think of that how was that for you I absolutely love the premiere. I got to meet so many people. I got to meet Dylan Minnette, who is Zach Cooper in the movie. I also got to meet Ryan Lee, who was Champ, who was a bit of a scaredy cat. And I got to meet Odea Rush, who plays Hannah Stein. And I got to meet Jack Black. And I even got to talk to um, Slappy, the (laughs) ventriloquist dummy. That's awesome. That's so cool. So talk to me a little bit about some of the questions you asked the talent and some maybe, you know, funny responses you got or something new that you learned that you'd like to share with us. Well, um, I actually learned that Champ is really a scaredy cat in real life. Mm -hmm. That he said, you wish he was muscular, but not really. (laughs) That's awesome. um, Odea Rush, she is just so, she's so gorgeous in real life on and off screen. And it's like, wow. And Dylan Minnette, he's just so fun and everything. And he was simply hilarious. And uh, turns out that on October 4th, when I went to the red carpet, it was uh, Champ's birthday. Oh, that's awesome. His birthday. So he was, and I was like singing him happy birthday and stuff. and, And Jack Black, I, who doesn't love Jack Black? Honestly, I have no idea. Jack Black he is amazing. He was my favorite character in the movie, playing Slappy and Arl Stein. Big twist there. Mm-hmm. And I had such a great time talking to Slappy. And I learned never to say dummy or anything. And no. And ah, uh, now. I mean, what happened was, well, my mic had static in it. Like, ghosts or something gone into my mic, so... Well, that was very, very fitting for a Goosebumps premiere. I bet there were ghosts all over the place, honestly. I bet Arl Stein was involved in his books. (laughs) Uh, So you mentioned that Jack Black playing Arl Stein is your favorite character. What did you think of his portrayal of this sort of, you know, iconic novelist that so many young people have read? I thought his portraying Arl Stein was definitely amazing and magnificent. I can kind of see that charisma and he did say that he got to meet them like almost everybody in the cast got to meet Arl Stein and they're all friends now so I think he portrayed very well Arl Stein and he decided okay well he's like this and I think being able to see him in real life and knowing what he was able to like was what helped him portray the character even better. 
Mm-hmm. I have seen um, Jack Black do portrayals of, you know, actual people before. Um, there's a film called Bernie where he portrays a real person and he, you know, spent time with that man and, you know, really just emulated that character. So I'm sure he did the same with R.L. Stein. And, you know, he is just such, such a talented actor and he's so versatile. So I personally cannot wait to check this movie out when it is in theaters on October 9th because it's going to be amazing. So what age range would you recommend this film for because I know it is a little bit spooky but there's also a really strong element of comedy to it as well uh I'd have to say eight and up because like there there were definitely monsters there like the abominable snowman and zombies and tons of other crazy characters and slappy by himself wow that's like a trip (laughs) <laughs> and gnomes and stuff and well younger kids might like be scared half to death because they were definitely very scary and very realistic so mm-hmm. kudos to the graphicers and the animators and there were even a giant praying mantis eating people in cars what oh my yes. goodness that is yeah, that was my like, nightmares <laughs> yeah that was my favorite scene because i have a praying mantis myself and oh, it was awesome. like a memory if he was bigger <laughs> Do you yes. have a favorite creature or monster that comes out of the books? Darn, I have to say Slappy. Mm-hmm. I really like the way that he was kind of creepy, yet scary, and it just really gave me goosebumps. I was, like, shaking in the middle of the movie, like, holding on to my mom and my dad. I was like, save me. <laughs> well, I guess that's why they call it Goosebumps. So how many stars would you give this film, Morgan? Four and a half spooky ghost stars. Wahaha! <laughs> well, it sounds like a wonderful film, and it's super exciting that you got to, you know, go to the premiere and talk with so many wonderful stars. So thank you so much for telling us all about Goosebumps. Guys, make sure you check it out. It is rated PG, and this movie is in theaters on October 16th. So if you're ready for a little bit of spooky October fun, head on down to a theater and check it out. Morgan, thank you again for being with us. It's always awesome talking with you. Thank you, and I hope everybody can be able to see this movie. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Raven, and you're listening listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is brought to you by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. 
turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back. I'm Billy Jones, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Pan, Goosebumps, The Iron Giant, The Martian, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, Friendship Games, and now we're talking to Lainey about Hinami Malala. How are you, Lainey? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Lainey, out of curiosity, how old are you? I am 13 years old. 13. Perfect. Could you tell us, this, I, I've also seen the movie, um, by the way, I loved it, but could you tell us a little bit about what this documentary is about? This documentary is about Malala Yousafzai, who stands up for girls' rights to have an education in Pakistan, and she makes a public speech about how she doesn't think the Taliban is doing the right thing by not letting girls have an education. When Malala is 15, the Taliban made an effort to try to kill her, but they shot her on the left side of her head, so she survived, thankfully. And after her recovery, she continues to speak against the Taliban, which continues to put her life in danger. And later on, Malala, when she's 17, she won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2014, the youngest person ever to have won. Wonderful summary. I I couldn't have done a better job myself. So, like I said, I've seen it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it, 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 I got, it got me a little emotional. It definitely um, upped my awareness and my care level. But that's from a young man's point of view. And even though one person's suffering, yes, all can suffer. But I just want to know from you as a young girl, how did this story affect you personally? This story affected me personally because it just, I realized how lucky I am to be safe and not afraid that I'm going to die the next day, and also that I can have an education. Yeah, definitely. I, I, this, this to me, this shows the power of movies. You know, to, to, they help us wake up and they teach us things, and it's things like this that really help us to appreciate what we have and to kind of reflect on, on how fortunate we really are. Because in that country, five people can just take over, and all of a sudden, everyone's in danger. And here we have so many freedoms. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from there. And so, in general, though, so that kids listening can kind of get a gauge on it. As a documentary, were you interested to first see this? At first, I was kind of not. I don't really think I was super interested to see it. But once I started like researching about the movie, it made me really want to watch this movie. Because I wanted to see what her life was like. But no, at first, no, not really. And it, it was the same way with me. Because we've we've never been really uh, a cinematic society who really appreciate documentaries, because they don't have the Brad Pitts or the Jolies or the DiCaprios in them, and they're not as escape driven, you know, because they're not narratives. But I really think that this documentary is more than just an entertainment, but it's also very important to see. Do you think, or would you recommend this to to all young? girls or females in general to see? I I wouldn't recommend it for all ages, but I would recommend it to ages 13 to 18 because this movie is pretty intense and it does have real news videos from murders done by the Taliban. That is true. But I believe that once the the under 13s reach 13, that's the time that they should sit down and watch this. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's it's, it's just a very important thing to watch. And with that said, what would you tell the people who are skeptical to go see this because it is a documentary? Because it was made by Hollywood and has the big star in it. I would tell people that they should go see this movie because it really makes you thankful for what you have. And it kind of makes you know what the other world out there is like and not just 
your little town or whatever. And it also makes you feel kind of sad, I guess, but in a good mm-hmm. educational way. And I, I definitely agree. As for the sadness part, there are parts that, yes, they, they make you a little sad. But I feel that at the end, it was it was really very inspiring to me. You know, It made me want to get up and do something. And I think that's the mark of a great documentary. Now, switching to more of a less uh, emotional gear here, more to a filmmaking gear. Are you a fan? Have, okay, the better question is, have you seen many documentaries? No, I have not seen many doc- documentaries. Is this is this one of the one of the few you have seen? Yes, it is. Okay, well, I myself, I've seen a, you know a, quite quite a few documentaries. I'm not a huge fan, but what did you think about the construction of the documentary? You know I thought I mean? that, Do you think it flowed well? Um, I thought that it did flow pretty well, and the construction of the movie was pretty good, and I really thought this was well put together. And even though I don't love documentaries, I really think that this one I really did love. Yeah, I felt that I felt that a lot of the a lot of the power was kind of taken away just a little bit because of the construction. You know what I mean? To me, <laughs> there's a certain way you have to kind of build it with the exposition and whatnot. But but overall, um, I, I thought I thought it was really good. You're listening to Kid First Coming Attractions. I'm Willie Jones. They were talking about he named me he named me Malala with Laney from Boulder. So um, one of the interesting things about this documentary that I noticed was that they mixed their real footage with some animation. What did you think about that? I thought that the animation really added to this movie, how they mixed it with the actual documentary, and I think it kind of gave me a break from the actors which i kind of liked and i just thought it was super cool Mm -hmm. i I thought it was both a bit of a curse and a blessing i I felt it was it was good and that it it took on a new take and it really kind of gave us that that escapism and really stretched our imaginations and told what couldn't be seen because it happened in the past but at the same time i also felt it kind of if you will softened the film a bit by not showing you know, some of the more um, intense moments, if you will. Now, I understand it is a PG-13 movie, but it's just, you know, it was, it was just food for thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, um, He Made Me Malala, like we said, it's a fantastic documentary. Has it inspired you at all to, it definitely, see, more, to see more documentaries? It definitely has inspired me to see doc- more documentaries because I enjoyed this one so much. And then again, it really made me feel that I was so lucky, and so I just want to learn more about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. now now, as a young teenage girl did you relate not not necessarily empathize or sympathize with but relate or connect with malala in any way yes i definitely did connect with malala in a way because when she was talking to her brothers at the very beginning and she was just having a normal conversation it was it was just like me and my sister and also when she got like, you know, like grades or whatever, like when mm-hmm. she got like the 73% on her test, like that's like, you know, <laughs> something that you could definitely relate to. Oh, I, I felt her pain. That That's the worst. Yeah. But no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Uh, those, those moments where it's not about the story, but about her as a person and her personal life with her family, I feel are the most genuine moments. And they were the funniest moments and the most heartwarming heartwarming moments in, in, the, in the entire piece. Now, um, in the movie, there are some disturbing images, obviously. But do you feel that these images were too violent or too disturbing for people, you know, for our ages to, to, to watch and to witness? 
I don't really feel that the images were too, like, not necessary because it was real life stuff, but maybe they could have toned it down just a little on some parts because it mm-hmm. was kind of freaky. Okay, I, I, I understand. And especially if they were, if they were you know, trying to keep that, that PG-13 rating. And I, I think that they should because by keeping it PG-13, you're broadening your audience. Mm-hmm. And I think this is definitely a film that needs, that needs to have um, a broad audience. And now, most importantly, when it comes to documentaries, I have to ask the essential question, what did you learn? Not necessarily about yourself or about your situation, but just some, some things you learned in general that you feel you're going to be able to use or that you just feel smarter for knowing. I learned that one person can really make a difference. And just because there's like, you know, billions of people living on this earth doesn't mean that you can't make a difference. And I think that's really, really, really cool that she demonstrated that you really can make that change in the world, no matter if you're just, you know, one person. Mm-hmm. Now, did this movie help you help your awareness of the Middle East or things in the Middle East or just, you know, the, just some, of the, some of the political turmoil going going on over there? Um, yeah, have you known about that going in, or did this really was this really the eye opener for you? It was really an eye opener for me, and I did really learn a lot more from this area because it. Well, I didn't know a lot starting out. I didn't, really didn't know anything about this, and it just expanded my knowledge and how dangerous it is to live there, and how the Taliban is so in control of so many people, and they're so small. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love this movie because it's the kind of movie that when you walk out, you have something to talk about. And um, this is something that you can talk about in your history classes, your social study classes, um, English, really with, with anyone and to truly get a better understanding. And, and I want your opinion on this. Do you think that people should, should sort of research what this movie is about and what it entails before going to see it? Or do you think they should it be more beneficial to re- do the research after seeing the story? I kind of think that it's kind of cool to research it before you watch the movie because that's how I got inspired to watch this movie. You know, not like a giveaway or anything like that, but definitely just knowing some of the story. Definitely. And I mean, I I feel like with documentaries, there are no spoilers Mm -hmm. because we probably already, you know, we we probably already, already know the outcome. Um, One, one question I want to ask you, and this, this may be a bit of a difficult question. If you were... Malala, would you have done what she would have done? If I was Malala, I don't know that I would have done what she would have done, but I definitely would have stood up for what I thought I believed in because, you know, I would want to have an education and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely understand. And that, that to me, that was my biggest question as I sat there. I, was, I just kept asking myself, God, would I have done this? Would I have done this? I, I'm not sure if I would have done this. And I think it really is a testament because not just to, to children or, you know, to those living over there, but to women in general. Um, I feel like you guys don't get enough credit for your strength. And I think this movie, it's more than just a feminist movie, though. It's a movie for, for all people. Yes. So my final question is, last but not least, what star rating would you give this movie? I would definitely give this movie a five out of five stars because it is a very inspirational documentary on Malala's life and how one person can really make a difference. And also, I just really loved this movie. Thank you. 
and it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teens section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers with N-Circle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.